Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to On the Block. East Strick here in Austin, Orman. But we're going to have joining us on the line is two-time national champion, friend of On the Block, and uh, my close friend, Bellevue West alum, my brother from another mother, Cluster Johnson. What's going on, my friend? How are you? You know, doing quite well. I'm just happy that finally we're getting some consistent weather. Yes. Um, you know, uh, that, that sun allows us to release that vitamin D, and it makes me happy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Sebo. Uh, it was, uh, once again, good to see you on the floors of Bellevue West in celebration. I'm actually going to have him join us on the block um, probably sometime next week as uh, uh, Doug Woodard had a, a stellar um, career. Your sons played for him. Um I didn't get a chance to play for Doug Woodard. I played for Lanny Richards, but uh, Doug has has did a tremendous job there at the uh, for the Bellevue West Thunderbirds and has decided to retire and turn it over to uh, Coach Klein and the staff there. Man, what, what, what's your initial thoughts on that and and, and just watching him in in, the, in in his time and tenure and as a coach to your sons as well? Yes, yes. Uh Coach Woodard, I'm going to I'm going to be biased. Obviously, I'm going to say he's uh, the best the best who's ever done it. Uh here in the state of Nebraska, he was a, a model of consistency. If you, you you look at what he did at Run Collie, had a pretty successful run there, state champion, then came to Bell US and made it a dynasty and and had quite a few um not only D1 players, but just, you know, middle, you know, uh, uh, Division two, you know, some NAIAs. I mean, what he did for a lot of the uh, athletes in the Metro, uh, you know, then you, you throw in OSA and, and, and some of the AAU teams, um, his legacy will, will live on for a long time. Absolutely. Um, we didn't get a chance to jump into this debate but um, there's one that I kind of want to want to start off. And the reason I because we talk basketball all the time, Sebo, uh, we, we watch and, and observe Absolutely. the playoffs. Let, let's let's first just just talk about some of the things that you've been seeing in the playoffs, because I want to talk about this Shaq Shaq debate because it's really been on my heart and mind. Um, I was going to get into it with Austin. I probably still will. But I wanted to throw it to you because I told you we we're probably going to have this discussion. So, but first of all, when you look at what's been going on in the playoffs, is there anything right now that's surprising you about what's going on in the in the in the in this playoff run at this point in juncture of the playoffs? Yeah, I believe that it seems like the regular season really doesn't matter. <laughs> 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 you know, you got these top seeds. Uh, you know, Milwaukee bounced early. You got um, the Lakers really battling it out with um, Golden State. 3-1. Uh, you know, 3-1. <laughs> I, I don't believe it's over. I don't I'm I'm one of the I'm one of the believe, I'm one of the people who believe it ain't over. It ain't uh-huh, over. Yet. Uh-huh. Um but then you got um 
I mean, you got Philly. I, I didn't see Philly just walking through the Celtics like they're doing. I, I, I really, honestly, I didn't see that coming. And um, and then, of course, you got you know you got the Suns. Uh, you know, still, that's one of the you know, seeds that that we we thought would be there, but but Denver is is, is handling business. So. I just feel like what you saw in the regular season doesn't always tell you what's going to happen in the playoffs, you know, with the exception of, of Denver, I would say. Uh, you, you, you've you got to – this is kind of what you, ex, you know, hoped or expected. If you're a Philly fan, it's kind of what you hoped and expected it would be. I just didn't – I didn't – I just didn't believe it. And, listen, the MVP is showing why he's at, you know, coming off the injury and going uh, – tr- uh, a try given a trifecta of, of of 30 30 balls like he's showing you Absolutely. that he's that like he's really that guy um I, I, go ahead i think what you're seeing i think what you're seeing is the mvps are going to step up and do their thing but it's it's those role players and the number 2s and the number 3s like what are they going to do right mm-hmm. so we're seeing that with golden state Steph has been a model of consistency, but Clay has been up and down. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta have that. You gotta have that one and two. Gotta step up and give you at least a fifty if you're gonna win the game to have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. You're one and two, and we've seen it with the Lakers. So when AD doesn't play very well, you know LeBron is gonna give you twenty to twenty-five at least, maybe even thirty sometimes. But when he doesn't show up, they're going to lose. And and it's crazy that Jokic comes off a fifty ball, uh, comes back home, and and we talked about this. Me and Austin had a, had a discussion. We figured that once it went back home, you know, those elements are are an advantage. If they can continue to go through, those elements are going to be an advantage against you know teams that depth wise just don't have it. And he gives you a triple double <laughs> to go up three two. Um, it, it, it's just been awe-inspiring well, to watch I, I, them. I would ask you this, Drick, since you have a, a wealth of experience in the NBA, why is it such big swings from home to away? I mean, I just I look at these teams and they just look totally different on the road versus away. Uh, I, mean, I mean, versus being at home. Home and away, they just look so different. I want to know from you, why do you think that's the case? Um, you know, the travel is, is not an issue between Phoenix to to Denver, so it's not a travel issue. Uh, sometimes it can be when you're getting into the 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 finals when you're just 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 say that, um, just say that you have a finals between Portland and Miami. That's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> just just that yeah. flight getting acclimated you're going four time zones difference those, those things make it hard now um the lead feet can happen when you get into the uh elements when you're not used to playing at altitude and i'm yeah. saying on a regular so you're already at the end of the season your body's already tired you're mentally ex- you're mentally drained um then you've got altitude on top of that um, that makes it tough, and this is this is why I think um, 
the matchup in a seven-game series, whoever has the home court, which is probably going to be Denver, if Denver gets through and then the Lakers get through, um, the Lakers are going to want to go out and, 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 and put pressure on them by stealing early. Um, how, much is, how much of a crowd, how much is the crowd a factor in these games? And, and, and referee, refereeing and crowd, I mean, what, what would you give that in the whole pie chart of, of winning and losing? How much is the crowd the effect? I mean, I think, I think it is. The refs always are a part of the game, unfortunately. Uh if you if you get a bad night on refing, it, it can definitely affect it. That's why, whenever you're playing at home, uh, class, um, you don't want to have it be close, because that's when re- that's when referees can interject themselves, right? You don't want them to be close, and because it can be margins can be exposed if you're trying to get a team into the mix, whether it be by way of free throws or um, you know, foul call numbers and stuff like that, it, it can be exposed. So it's really tough to do unless you have a tight game. So um, that's the case on those. But um, we can transition out of that because I, I, I want to give you a little bit of time because as we're talking about um, NBA centers, now, there's a dynamic about it that has changed. You know, during the center age where you had um, just great centers that came out, you know, your David Robinsons, Akeem Olajuwon's, uh, Patrick Ewing's, Alonzo Mornings, Shaq's, Yao Ming's, um, Zygrunas Ilgowskis's, um, Rick Smith's. I mean, it was, it was, it was a center age, right? <laughs> Um, But some of the best to do it, and and Kareem got a touch of some of them, um, but you still got to look at guys. When I look at centers, I look at who changed the game. Uh, Guys like Kareem had stuff that was really tough to to touch you you just you some people could get it but most people couldn't and it was a shot that was just un dang near unblockable right um Shaq was just so physically dominating and imposing like stuff had to be changed in order for him to not be so crazy and dominating um Wilt Chamberlain just didn't have anybody that could touch him in his age and era you know he was just that dominant and athletic at a time when there just really wasn't that many to be around to challenge him outside of Russell and and a couple others one that that gets looked over is Moses Malone that that the specimen he was but Shaq in his dominance uh where would you put him and why and 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 why do you think he was i think it's relative and and this is why i'm throwing it at you and i want to give you the last last few 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 time to just go and take over but i think it's relative because so many centers did so many things uniquely different for example hakeem olajuwon was absolutely stunningly difficult with footwork and ball movements and fakes and just the way that he gave it to you David Robinson was so unique in that he was not only athletic he could stretch you he could shoot he can run the floor so he would dominate you by way of speed and and quickness then you had guys like Shaq physical presence and dominance and then you had guys like Kareem just finesse and give you just a little hiya hook and 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 just so 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 it's relative but 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 what's your what's your breakdown on it 
So, you know, what, what I try not to do, and I, I've learned not to do this, is um, diminish people's error, okay? Because mm-hmm. I used to do that with, say, like a Bill Russell and a Will Chamberlain. I diminished their error for a couple of reasons. One, one reason is like Bill Russell, you know, he won 11 championships. Well, what people didn't realize is there weren't very many NBA teams at the time. So you could get to the finals very easily with there being only like 11 teams, right? So yep. so people people don't see that kind of stuff. But, but still, based on his time and his era, he was very dominant, right? So how was he dominant in his era versus, say, like, you know, I know Michael Jordan is in this discussion, but how was he dominant in his era – you know, point differential, um, defense, you know, how you play defense, uh, championships, you know. So I kind of – I try to factor it in all that. But Shaq, okay, the thing about Shaq is he had um, what you call a dog mentality, okay. Shaq, I looked at a few of his um, – stories on him uh some of his biography biographies where he talked about philip harris his stepdad who he really called his dad uh i think really had a huge effect on his mindset because Shaq said for a while he was big for nothing okay but once he got his mindset set he he could dominate the game physically he could dominate the game and I have never seen, in my years of watching the NBA, I have never seen a a, a center that physically dominant. Mm. And again, it has it had everything to do with his mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some some of the centers were a little more finesse, uh, and some of them were more defensive minded right. so like a matumbo you know, mm-hmm. like a matumbo morning more about playing defense wasn't really focused on the scoring mm-hmm. you know david robinson like you mentioned david had some finesse but I, I i saw games where he was very powerful right also but when it just come to sh- uh sheer dominance i think when you go back and look at some interviews from old nba centers during that time they all said Shaq was just like a beast that's why they he changed the game with the whole hacker shack. Like they yep. had to. Yep. He was going to score if you didn't hack it. Right. It, Pause. It was, just, it was impossible to stop him. Pause. Let me give you a um, stat on that. Hold on. Truth be told, Shaq O'Neal. Here's here's a statistic for you that'll blow your mind. O'Neal statistically, at one point in the '90s, which was '99 2000 season, Shaq ranks up there with the best of anyone that has ever done this. Shaq averaged 30 points, 29, 29.7, 13, 14 rebounds, four assists, three blocks. He was a regular season all-star, NBA Finals MVP, and he was the runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year. Listen to this one. This even, now those numbers alone are absolutely stunning. But then, then you go even further and you say Shaq only missed three games. And you know what his average per minute games were? He averaged 40 minutes 
per game. He is only bested. Uh, the closest that came to it is Damian Litter at 30, 36.9, and not even Michael Jordan averaged 40 in a, in a, in a, in a, in a season. Incredible. That's an incredible stat. Like, you wouldn't think that for Shaq, right? First of all, three games, as much as he's being hacked, as many people are slamming on his arms, in the foul generation, hack a Shaq, people pulling at him, undercutting him, all kinds of stuff. He played almost all the games and only missed three. Continue. Yeah, and, uh, you know, would Shaq's career have been – longer if he did some load management i don't know that just wasn't the mentality back then think about if he um, made free throws class think about what yeah. his numbers if he would have made 70 percent of his free throws think about how crazy his numbers would have been yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean Shaq, i mean like like you said i i the the younger Shaq was different than the guy who got to his peak because hakeem olajuwon abused Shaq mm-hmm. in them early years, and then I mean, you know, Shaq still got his because he was just so big. But uh, once Shaq figured out the NBA, um, he he was there was a stretch there for three or four years where he was just clearly the best player in the NBA. That but part, even close. That part. Mm-hmm. Great stuff, bro. Uh, I I just wanted to throw it out there because there have been some great ones that did it, and we've named some of them. Um, some people list their top tens in different ways. Uh, Shaq basically himself said he puts himself fourth behind uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wilt Chamberlain two, Bill Russell three, then uh, Hakeem four. He puts himself five, or he that's puts himself four. Shaq, listen, yeah, Shaq that's out of respect. Always saying that out of respect. Out of respect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Respecting. So, yeah. well, well, well said. I know you've got somewhere you got to be at four o'clock. But I do take thank you for taking the time to show up on the block. Ooh, that thing rhymed. I could drop a flow on that one. Uh, we know you got to be somewhere at 4 o'clock, but I thank you for taking the time to be on the block. My man, Cluster Johnson, Absolutely. thanks for joining. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to uh, uh, doing more with you, Strick. Yes, sir. Thank, yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Cluster Johnson, two-time national champion, joining us on the block. Great discussion uh, as we dug into it. We may even go a little bit further at some point with uh, Austin because uh, I'm sure Austin thinks that guys like Christian Leitner and stuff like that should be in that discussion. <laughs> but we got to take a break right now. 93.7 The Ticket. On the block, we'll be right back.